Welcome back to Super Flexible Podcast. I am at Swagzilla Zero G on Twitter. Swags, if you wanna, if you wanna label it, I feel weird calling myself Swags, but I am here with somebody who's got some absolute swag. Pat Fitzmaurice from Fantasy Pros. Pat, thanks a ton for being here. You do the some ranking Fantasy Pros, managing editor for them, and Bet Pros. But mostly, I think people know you from your show, right? Yeah, fits, fits with fantasy. fantasy, maybe. Uh, thanks for having me, Swags. Always great to talk to you. Um, yeah, man, that. And uh, we just started up the Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast again. We kind of go on hiatus during the regular season, but um, you know, my co-host Scott Bogman and I were anxious to get started again, and we kicked that off yesterday. So love it, and that was kind of what I wanted to do here with Super Flexible. I thought it's a great time of year to kind of kick the dust off some tires here, and it kind of starts the season in a way for Dynasty. Yeah, man. Uh, I know everyone's looking to do their their startup drafts this time of year, make moves with their teams. Uh, you know. It's like I feel bad. I'm a, a neglectful dynasty manager during the season. Like I always get too busy with work and stuff and like don't make trades when I should. And, you know, now it's like this is a good time of year to look over the rosters and, and finally start talking trade with people. Clean out the closets. Yes, yes. Pat, I met you at the expo. It was it was honestly one of the highlights of the expo for me, just how humbling you are to all the people around you. I know a lot of us look up to you. So, I mean, I wanted to mention that really quick before we hop into the show. I appreciated our conversation and left there. And you're definitely one of my highlights of the Fantasy Football Expo. I hope to see you again there this oh, year. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was great meeting you. And uh, you will definitely see me there again this year. So I look forward to hanging out with you some more. So let's get into this. Pat's got some buys, couple sells. He's got the public nervous announcement for you. And then he's got a value play. We've gonna gonna get some value plays, if you believe it or not. Take advantage of those. So I'm curious who we're starting with for your buys. All right, let's start with Trey Lance. And I think he's kind of an interesting dude from a dynasty perspective like i don't necessarily think his value is in the tank but i do think this is the time to buy the dip on him especially with brock purdy doing well and i don't know i've talked about this with some people and and what we're expecting the 49ers to do at quarterback in 2023 and i kind of think it might be an open competition they're gonna let jimmy garoppolo walk they're not gonna re-sign him um I think it'll be an open competition maybe between Purdy and Lance, but I think it kind of depends on how the 49ers season ends as to what sort of footing these guys start in on. Like if, um, you know, if the 49ers won it all, maybe like Purdy is kind of the, the slight favorite to have that job again next year. If they go out in a ball of flames with him throwing four interceptions, then maybe it's an open competition, but uh, one that they kind of want Lance to win. But, man, I mean, we are seeing Mr. Irrelevant swags, like being this fantasy-relevant quarterback week in, week out, throwing multiple touchdowns every week. The weapons are just so good, and plus you get that running with Lance. Um, You know, maybe they don't want to run him quite as aggressively as they did last year, which was partly what led to the injury, Uh, you know, him just running between the tackles. and and, um, But, yeah, man, I I just, like – we're still after those running quarterbacks and the immense value you can get. We saw it with Justin Fields. And I think uh, Lance has that sort of potential. Like I think Lance is as good a, a 
prospect as a passer as Fields is and, um, you know, maybe not quite that dynamic a runner, but an aggressive runner and, and could be pretty close there, too. So if you're looking for a guy who could potentially be a top five quarterback next year, who as of now doesn't even have a job nailed down, um, like I'm, I'm kind of willing to I've got a couple leagues where I'm hurting a quarterback and I am going to try to put together some uh, offers feel out the Trey Lance people in those leagues and, and see what it would take to get him. Cause I think this is the time to buy the dip. I love this one. And I want everybody to know that Pat and I did not talk about any of this before the show outside of what he wanted to talk about. Not the players though, but Trey Lance is so interesting with everything going on with Brock Purdy right now. We were talking about this in a rookie fever chat last night really quick. And I didn't want to say too much because I kind of wanted to talk about it on a show. And Fenero, if you're listening, we can talk about this on rookie fever a little bit more, but Everybody's so excited about what Brock Purdy's doing in this offense that is pretty much tailored for him at this point. He's got Debo and Ayuk at their best right now, as well as Kittle. Everything is just working so well. Some of the best offensive players in the league, I feel like... And Brock Purdy's doing awesome. I don't want to take away from that, but I feel like maybe we're supposed to be like, man, imagine this with Trey Lance. (laughs) Not just like Trey Lance is dead. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and that's what I was trying to think about a little bit. Just like, yeah, it's really great. But like, what if it could be better? (laughs) Like, or, or what if it's Tom Brady? Right. And that's it. Man. Like, I, um, you know, I don't want to go in. I'm not going to lowball people when I make them an offer for Trey Lance. I'm going to, like, offer them some, you know. They're worried. Yeah, useful assets. And, I, like, I feel if those people get an offer, especially if they already in super flex leagues have a couple of viable starting quarterbacks, if, if they get an offer and see, like, some, you know, quality receivers or running backs, like, I, I think they might be willing to cash out. With the uncertainty, not knowing if they even have a starting quarterback for next year at Trey Lance. I think he's going to be starting, but, you know, it's not a slam dunk. What are you thinking here? Like, I'm going, are you going to offer somebody like Nick Chubb, who's kind of on his way out? Or do you want Trey Lance plus for Kenneth Walker? Oh, man. Um, that's an interesting, I like Chubb is a pretty interesting starting point, especially with, um, you know, I mean, not that he was really sharing that backfield with Kareem Hunt. They kind of got rid of that shared backfield this year. But, like, now with Hunt set to be a free agent, like, this is really going to be Nick Chubb's backfield next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think that's a pretty fair starting point. I mean, the Walker thing is interesting, too. Um, yeah, I don't know what else you'd have to get as a sweetener for that. I mean, but I was just trying to think like more like the aging vet that, you know, is likely going to produce for at least a couple more years, or are you trying to stay young? I don't know. It's a tough move. And cause I'll tell you, man, like, and you've been playing a while too, but we can super flex Nick Chubb right now and know that we've got a decently safe floor. Like we want at quarterback, but I, I want quarterbacks all day. That's a tough one, man. Cause you know, the Trey Lance teams are, are, concerned for sure yeah um just right the ambiguity of not not even what he's going to do but will he actually be playing Mm -hmm. like that's that's the thing and i mean it takes kind of a leap of faith to deal for him deal into that ambiguity and give up a good player like nick chubb but um i think that's that's 
a really good call on that as the kind of deal that I think could get done. Someone looking to solve their quarterback problem and, and buy a talented young guy on the cheap. Uh, not I shouldn't say on the cheap. I mean, Nick Chubb's not. Right. That's not nothing. Um, but he's regressing as far as age and dynasty value goes. Sure. Unfortunately, he'll be 28 when the season starts. And we, we all know how teams start to feel, even if they're still producing. Yeah. But I mean, that's a solid lineup piece for someone. Yeah. You know, so, something that as of now has no value to them. Someone they couldn't play at all this past year down the stretch. And, uh, you know, you're cashing that in for someone who's a starter for you next year. So what about pick value before we move on to your next buy? Do you feel like, like what's the, what do you feel like you have to offer? And then what's the lowest you think you could offer? Man, I don't know. So you'd think it would still have to be a first round pick, don't you? Mm -hmm. Like, um, because I think I would rather, I'm seeing Will Levis go like somewhere in the back half of, uh, rookie, rookie mocks. Like, you know, he's typically going around what, like one eight. Or so, yeah. and I think I'd rather have Lance than Levis. You know, like I, I still think there's a brighter future there. So I think, I don't know. I mean, I think it's somewhere after. Let's see, Bryce Young, Stroud, Bijan, a couple more of the receivers. I don't know. So like 106. Does 106 that sound like to 110, 11 or so? See if you could offer that. Yeah. So I think it's somewhere right in the middle of the first round. Yeah. Six 107. I like that. Think? I, I think it's right around there too. And that's the way I start to think when I'm trading away picks like that 108 is kind of that area where I feel confident that I can get something. I know they don't all hit and I don't know it's that it's going to be a quarterback even, but I feel like I can get that's the area you've gotten a lot of like Justin Jefferson in the past, Jalen Waddle, 108 to 110 in the past, like DK Metcalf, Waddle, Justin Jefferson, all those wide receivers that I've been pretty fortunate to get in those areas. So that's when I start to just kind of like, ah, maybe I want my pick. But if I know Trey Lance is starting, like, wow, what a freaking deal. I think right now is a good time of season to, if you're in an MFL league, especially, and you know, you have a later first round pick, the picks haven't set in yet. So you'd still go in and it just says 2023 first. Soon when I go to trade my 2023 first to somebody, it's going to be recognizable that it's a 111 or a 110. Right now they're just like, yeah, 2023 first. They might not do their homework that they should do to see where that 2023 first is actually going to land. And it just has that appeal. Um, so I think that if I'm one of those teams that has that like 108 to 112 even, and it's unrecognizable without them looking into it, I'm trying to trade those away all day for quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think that's kind of a, that's kind of an ambiguous part of the draft, and I think I'd rather get a guy like Lance, who you know, at, at one point, well, when he was going in his rookie drafts, you know, he was going like 102, 103, and uh, you know, like I'd rather Trey Lance than these guys like Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, who are the yep. you know the guys beyond the top two, who you know you're just not sure what you're getting. Yeah, I feel a little more certain about Lance. Yep. Any more buys? Yeah, how about um, on a lower level? Damian Harris, I think, is kind of interesting just because I think his value is in the tank right now. Swags. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it, he was really overvalued coming off the 15 touchdown season uh, in 2021, and now he's undervalued after a three touchdown season. Pretty simple. Uh, and there were some injuries involved. But I mean, I think right now, 
with him as a free agent to be. And I, I kind of doubt the Patriots are going to re-sign him with Ramondre sort of uh, elbowing past Damian Harris this past year and with the Patriots having taken Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris last year. Yeah. Like, I, I really doubt they re-sign uh, Damian Harris. And wherever he goes, I think as soon as he signs, no matter what, like, that's going to bump his value. Like, he's going to si- sign somewhere to be part of a committee. Like, no one's going to bring him in as the pure featured guy. And Swags, I don't know. I think he can be a capable pass catcher. Like, we've seen him do it. It's just, like, that's never been his role mm-hmm. in New England. So, uh, yeah, like, he's never going to be a third down back for anyone, obviously. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw him put up career highs in receptions and receiving yardage wherever he goes. Uh, not that that's a, a very high bar to clear for Damian Harris. But, um, yeah, so he's a guy I'm intrigued by just because I suspect the value is going to go up in, in two months when he signs somewhere. Yeah. That one's nice, too, because even Damian Harris at his best production was undervalued. Like you, Damian Harris, I don't think, has ever really had much dynasty respect. And and I think that, like you said, signed somewhere, gets the value that goes up, even if he's in a committee. Even if you don't believe in that, I think that you can probably move him for a little bit more at that point. Get him out of that cursed Patriots offense that everybody the echo chamber like oh once you're in it you know like but now they love Stevenson don't they have we ever loved one singular Patriots running back that much no and it's weird I mean like Belichick gave him the sort of treatment uh at times this year like we haven't seen him give to any back since what like Corey Dillon or something like that I mean it's been a while like Garrett Blunt had that touchdown season where he had like 18 I think yeah yeah, but I other mean, than that, but even that was over as soon as it ended, right? And that was still was that James White was around for that, right? And White was I think still so. kind of the third down back. So, um, yeah, like he's. I still think Damian Harris is pretty good, but man, I, I think. Do you think like you could get him for a late second, early third? Yeah, probably I this do time too. of year. Yep. Because I think there are probably people who would, you know, rather take their shot with. Um, actually, I know people would rather take their shot with a rookie like, uh, you know, some of the guys who are going to be going second round, like Tank yep. Bigsby or, um, you know, Devon Achen. Maybe Achen goes a little later if he measures in an under, you know, well under 200 pounds. But yeah, I mean, like, Harris is going to be a useful roster piece next year. He's not a guy you build around. But I think he is going to have a role somewhere. And, you know, maybe it's uh, a more meaningful role than he had for the Patriots in 2022. Yeah, you'll have to try that one and let me know. See if you can get a deal done. That that one, uh, it's almost like as soon as you see the hit the inbox, you're like, wait a minute. Why does Pat want Damian Harris? Right, and you right. almost have to check it out a little bit. And you're like, maybe I don't want to. You almost have to have it like as a weird throw in where yeah. you're leveling up in a weird way and they don't even notice Harris is in there. Yes. Yeah, suspicion. Like if someone gets that offer for Damian Harris, they're immediately suspicious. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Is he, where is he about to sign? Is he going to go somewhere good? Uh, yep. Oh, I think I kind of want to stash him for a while. You get that? Like, <laughs> then after he signs from you on a team, that then they want to trade him to you for more. Exactly. So your cells. All right. Um, and but, you roster these players, correct? Uh, I do not currently have the first guy rostered. Okay. And like on 
I've been anti Jordan Love from the start, probably because I'm a Packers fan and I was really disgusted when they took him in the first round in, yeah. in 2020. Um, but in super flex swags, we, we know there's always going to be a market for quarterbacks, possibly positioned to be starters. And Love is kind of in that same position Lance is. Like, we think he's going to get a shot to start soon, but we're not totally sure whether he's going to be starting somewhere on opening day in 2023. Um but now we're about to get into months of Aaron Rodgers uh, speculation because Rodgers is a drama queen and he's going to drag this out for a while, uh, whether he's coming back or Pat's not. Pat's a Packers fan. He knows how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. We've been through this, you know, melodrama before. Uh, so love is the heir apparent. And I mean, he has tools. He has an NFL caliber arm and he's mobile. But I don't know, man. I watched him play. I just think he's bad. Like, I'm no scout, but like... There's never been any time where I've seen glimpses that made me think like, yeah, this guy could be the dude. Um, there just seems to be like a lack of command of the offense. And last year when they uh, Aaron Rodgers got COVID right before a big road game against the Chiefs and the Packer defense played one of the best games they played in like the last five years against the Chiefs, totally shut down Patrick Mahomes and love could not move that offense like I don't think I'll ever forget Devontae Adams' stat line from that game. It was like 14 targets, six catches for 42 yards, like three yards per target. And, um, you know, like, I just kind of don't believe in this guy, Swags. But there are going to be people looking to maybe, I don't know, see him as a, a starter in 2023 or a possible starter. And maybe they say, you know, even if Rodgers comes back, well, this guy will be the dude in 2024. But um, I'm happy to take pretty much whatever I could get for him. And surprisingly, I think he still might be worth like an early second, maybe. I think you could. Oh, wow. I don't. What do you think? The Like if we're talking purely a pick, what do you think it would um, take to I get mean, Jordan Love? I, I agreed with you when, I, when you said you would take anything. I, I, w- I would take probably anything, <laughs> like a third, a fourth. Um a fifth at that point, I might be like, yeah, well, I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. But maybe um, I might be overestimating interest. Maybe like a late second would do it. I don't know. Maybe not even. Well, and a little while ago, he asked to be traded. I wonder if he were to be traded, if that would have any spike at all or have any interest. I'm with you on him where I, I don't think he's going to do it in the NFL. Even if he gets his chances, I don't think he'll do well with his opportunities. Um, I think this time of year, if somebody, somebody's looking at like drafts and what they could potentially do with an early second, I think they'd probably rather have that. I think they'd scoff at us if we sent them that. You might be right about that. But, um, like once you get to the later part of the second into the third, they might be like, yeah, okay, worth a shot. I need a quarterback. I think I'd rather have Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a third is more the, the likely return for Jordan Love in a deal. But, man, like in Superflex, you know, quarterbacks um, with that position being so important. I think a third, probably any third, even 301, I think someone be, would be yeah. willing to take a shot on him for that. And I think it's saying a lot that our Packers fan has zero shares of Jordan Love, even when he could have got him on the cheap for a couple of years now, and he has no interest in him, so... Yeah, I, I definitely would get rid of Jordan Love if I can. Yeah, maybe maybe it's because like I'm in 
dynasty leagues with uh, other Wisconsin native swags. And like, there's always some interest in Jordan Love in those leagues. It's weird. You got to love that. You can get rid of him. <laughs> Homerism. <laughs> Don't bite. <laughs> <laughs> Any more sells for us? Um, Brian Robinson. And I, I do have him on a roster and I'm going to see what's, uh, you know, the willingness, see what the market is for him. Cause I'm kind of curious. I mean, we all have recency bias and what we saw from the Washington offense in December was Robinson basically becoming a workhorse for the commanders because Antonio Gibson was dealing with knee and ankle injuries mm-hmm. and because the commanders just, you know, aren't into Gibson for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just don't like a big, fast running back who catches passes. I, I don't get it. But, I mean, I think Robinson is okay. I think he's just sort of, uh, you know, kind of a Rorschach test guy where, um, you know, it's all kind of volume-based. I don't think he's ever going to be a star. I don't think he's a bum. Um, but I don't know. Like, what do you think, Spikes? Who's a better running back, in your opinion, Brian Robinson or Damian Harris? Man, I mean, Damian Harris, I think, has showed out better in the NFL than that of... But, I mean, Damian Harris probably played in a better offense than the Commanders as well. And I don't think we've got to see that from Brian Robinson. Um, that said, I agree with you on the sell. And if you really look at Brian Robinson, like, you're in probably a few leagues, I'm going to assume, Pat. And if you look at, like, his scoring in a points per carry league versus a league without points per carry, it's a huge difference. Like, drastic difference. Like, obviously points per carry are going to give you a lot of points to your running back, but it shouldn't have as much of a variance as you see in Brian Robinson. I mean, it almost cuts the points in half. That's huge. Like, so it shows me that, and you can see this a lot of different ways if you look at Brian Robinson, but it shows me that he's not doing that well with his opportunities, even in that crummy offense. It's just, he had so many of them, which is nice to your point of saying like, it looks like they want to give him every shot. Maybe they're trying to get Gibson healthy. Maybe they just believe in the product that much. But it, even to me, who's somebody who's been a little bit low on Gibson, Gibson looks like the running back that does better with the ball immediately in that offense. Even the same crummy offense that I just gave Brian Robinson the benefit of the doubt. So I've been kind of wanting to move on from him and some of the, when I'm looking to sell some of my players, if you have Brian Robinson, I've noticed I'm not trying to acquire him from you. Yeah. Um, and perception is everything. And I think right now, like the perception is going to be that that's kind of his backfield right now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that situation could change on a dime where either they, uh, you know, go back to having a, a 50 50 type in with, with Gibson or someone else um, next year. Like, I just, I don't think he is going to turn into some sort of Najee Harris, James Connor, who just has complete control of that backfield. But yeah. I think, some people might see it that way, and I just don't. And I yep. like to answer the Damian Harris, Brian Robinson thing. Like, I mean, I, I kind of think Harris is a little better. Now, obviously, the price on Robinson is greater in Dynasty because he's younger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a less ambiguous situation. But, uh, in reality, I mean, I, I don't think there's all that much separating those dudes in terms of talent and style. Yeah. And, and the perception that Brian Robinson has a job. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and what you make that interesting point, like scoring system really does matter. Points per carry, like that drives up Robinson's value a lot. But if you're in a league where there aren't points per carry and it's full PPR, then like, uh, 
Yeah. He's really not that valuable at all. He needs a touchdown. <laughs> right. Because he's not going to be like, he's like a lot of these Alabama dudes. Like he can catch, but like that's not really a main feature of his game. Um, yeah. So points per carry is interesting, man, because I like running backs a lot, but it's almost a cheat code for the running backs, too. It is. It is. Do you like points per carry? <sighs> Generally, I used to no. like it more, Pat. I'll say that. I used to like it more. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of old fashioned. I don't even love full PPR swags. Like I'm I'm sort of you know half is kind of more my my jam. But like you know, I could even go back to the old days of standard where uh, you know you just get your yardage and your touchdowns and that's it. I think people just like points per carry and PPR because it kind of dilutes the value. Like touchdown variance is that weird thing that like vexes us all. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't necessarily love it when Damian Harris has a 15 touchdown season and all of a sudden he's one of the most valuable guys in the league like the TD variance kind of like I don't know it, it annoys us in fantasy football that's one of the things and I think like you know awarding points for the act of a catch or the act of a carry just kind of dilutes the value of a touchdown I feel like that's what people are going for when they have those rules yeah yeah but it, it was fun to tweak the points though and like <laughs> And to, and to play around with it. But I've gotten that way, too. Like, we did a standard startup last year, actually. And that league is so different than any other league I'm in just because of the standard scoring and what it does to the wide receivers. Like, the wide receivers, for the most part, like, you're averaging, like, eight points a week. Six points a week from some right. of those guys, you know? Like, the studs are still studs, but it separates everybody. And... So, yeah, it's very nice. But any more cells or do you want to get your public nervous announcement off your chest? No, let's get to that. This is my favorite segment. Yeah, I love public nervous announcement. Yeah. And um, I I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this guy, because this guy is a dude who I'm going to be like talking about with people all offseason. And I'm really conflicted about Um, it's George Pickens. And um, so this guy is just like. He is amazing at the catch point. Like, this guy is extraordinary about, like, catching balls outside the frame of his body, like, bullying defenders to, like, get to balls. Um, just great hands. Uh, you know, really physical for a guy who I think people were worried about him being too skinny coming into the league. And this guy is just like, I mean, he's kind of like DK Metcalf. He, like, throws defenders around. And, um, like, that is his exceptional traits that that uh catch point ability uh that is his superpower but the targets like he had 84 targets in 17 games that's 4.9 targets a game and it was really low with mitch trubisky so maybe it was just one of those things where trubisky likes to see it and throw it he likes to see the guy get open and he doesn't have that aaron Rodgers thing where he's willing to throw to a covered receiver trusting that guy to either make a play on the ball or break open at the last second. Um, So the targets were a little bit better with Kenny Pickett, but still, um, you know, not the kind of targets you want to see. And it makes you wonder, like, are we talking about another Gabriel Davis here who everyone's excited about for the playmaking ability, but why does he not draw targets? And that's kind of the mystery. Like, is he just not that good a route runner? Um, How much improvement is he capable of in that area like because 15.4 yards per catch 9.5 yards per target as a rookie those are really good numbers um we just have to find out whether he's another gabe davis who's never like even gonna hit that hundred target 
level. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say to me, like if Kenny, Kenny Pickett's going to be the quarterback, right? How many years are we giving him in that position? Like two to three um, to see if he's the guy. And then I'd say he just needs to learn to trust Pickens and to go for those 50, 50 balls. Cause he's got the wide receiver that can do it. And if, if he can't create the separation though, in the routes, we need to have somebody like Matthew Stafford of the old, like just chucking it to Marvin Jones and, um, Golden Tate after Megatron left, you know, somebody like that. That's just got the moxie. I've said this before on the show. Um, but I think that's what the problem is with those targets is you have to have somebody that's going to trust your alpha wide receiver. Cause it kind of feels like Deontay Johnson is gone. And they'll probably draft another wide receiver, but you have to think Pickens is the wide receiver one there. And then an offseason with Kenny Pickett. Eh, I'm not super nervous, but I get it. I also don't have Pickens up there with like Garrett Wilson or Drake London or even Jameson. I, I would take Jameson Williams and maybe that's a little bold coming off the injury and not showing much yet. But um Would you still rather have Pickens and Traylon Burks? That's a tough one. Um, give think- me Pickens, but this is why I'm worried about that offense, the Titans offense and how much they're going to actually throw it any given week. Like that's an offense that your wide receiver one could be as good as like T Higgins, a wide receiver two for Joe Burrow or something like that, or probably even still less than T Higgins just because they're, they're not throwing it as consistently. They're going to go through Derrick Henry. And even when AJ Brown was cooking, his good weeks were only on Derrick Henry bad weeks when they really needed to throw the ball. So man, I'm, I want to like Traylon Burks more to answer your question, but I don't love that offense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've got, Burks on more teams than I do Pickens. I think I would rather have Pickens, but it's not mm-hmm. a slam dunk there. But it's close. The other, the other cautionary tale I'm thinking of with Pickens swags is Kenny Galladay, another guy who, oh, yes. you know, was never known for getting a lot of separation. He was known for being, you know, this yep. superior receiver at the catch point. And like really made that work for Detroit for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden, man, the bottom just dropped out. Yeah. And like, I, I worry, I worry that, you know, that's part of the range of outcomes for Pickens. Yeah. What would have Des Bryant been without Tony Romo chucking in the ball? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's like the, the pinnacle of those guys, the, the non separators, amazing catch point guys. Like maybe he's the, the king of those dudes, but um, yeah, you do need a certain type of quarterback to make that work to the extent that does work. Yeah. And to help build the confidence, the chemistry. And uh, I like that one though. I, I have no George Pickens. So maybe I'm a little nervous anyway. Yeah. I have no George Pickens. Do you? Um, one league, okay. one league. And, you know, I was um, last August, I was just so disappointed. I didn't have him in more spots. Um, you know, I thought this guy was on the verge of stardom. And it's yeah, it's it's this weird, like, you know, for a guy to be great in one area and then like really maybe suspect in another uh, and, you know, how to how to reconcile those two factors. It's like he's an interesting guy for sure. Um yeah, that's that's the nervousness, just that I don't know like if this guy is ever going to get the targets we want him to get. 
Yeah, I'm surprised. I actually didn't know that. I'm surprised the targets were that low. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, boy, I remember there was a week I was really on him for DFS and like player props and everything. And that was the week he had like one catch for two yards. <laughs> Talk about going down in flames, man. Maybe, maybe that, <laughs> maybe that was the start of my nervousness. Well, that you probably, that was probably a nice matchup that you looked at and then it all just doesn't work. And you're like, what the heck? Like something's Dude, was, not right here. Yeah. It was that not only, I mean, it was a great matchup. He was playing in Atlanta where he's from. Like, so I figured, you know, oh, you know, they've got a terrible pass defense and he's probably going to have a bunch of friends and family at the game. He's going to be looking to ball out. And, you know, they threw it to him like three times and he had one catch for two yards. Brutal. Oh, that is brutal. What about the value play? All right. Um, how about some nice boring value with Amari Cooper? Like I, I was looking at where Dynasty Trade Calculator had him. They they had him like wide receiver thirty seven for Dynasty. Ouch. Yeah, and I've got him like wide receiver thirty two. I think so. It's not like I've got him way higher than that. Um, you know, still only twenty eight. You know, he's not hitting that thirty level yet, and yet I don't think he's ever going to be part of anyone's rebuild plans in Dynasty. Um. He never puts up huge numbers, but if he gives you a full season, he's going to give you good numbers. You're going to be starting him every week. He's probably going to finish with like 1,100, 1,200 yards. Uh, maybe not 1,200 because I don't think he's ever had a 1,200-yard season, but he has been over 1,000 in four of his last five. He's never had a 100-catch season, but he's typically in that 75 to 90 range. He's never had a 10-touchdown season, but he usually gives you like 7, 8, 9. So, like, he never gives you those sexy numbers, but, like, the numbers are always really solid. And uh, this past year, 26% target share. Watson should be even better next year after knocking off some of the rust this Mm -hmm. year. So, um, just value. I mean, when you say that word, I feel like Amari Cooper kind of personifies just real solid unsexy value in dynasty yeah no i like that one too like imagine keenan allen a couple years ago when when herbert was taking over for the team and everybody thought it was kind of going to be yeah without philip rivers and the value that you were able to get to him as he was aging and old wide receivers man sometimes i mean they're not done they're they're young dudes that are kind of in their prime they're learning how to play the game so a 28 year old amari cooper with an off season with Watson sounds pretty appealing. Yeah, man. And like, there's just, I know it seems like there's always been something holding him back. Like people are always worried about who else is there with him going way back to when he was on the Raiders and it was Michael Crabtree, you know, like yep. it was, um, so, and I don't know this year, maybe next year people be worried about Donovan people's Jones kind of like, cutting into his role but i don't know i mean cooper donovan people's jones is interesting too though because i mean he did have some stretches where he was getting like five to six targets he's not amari cooper but he's uber cheap the funny thing is though is his uber cheap is probably similar to amari cooper and amari cooper is going to get you more points yeah maybe just as long and the thing is like i'll bet cooper's price probably even drops more because you know the Browns are probably not done adding to that wide receiver group. Like, you know, An- Anthony Schwartz didn't really pan out for them. And, like, I don't know what else they had. Like, uh, David Bell, I, yep. I guess they're going to s- stick with him. But they're probably going to add, like, one more speed receiver, I think. Like, I think they're going to go out and draft or sign a burner. And, uh, you know, maybe when people see that happen, that drops Cooper's price even a little bit more. But, um 
don't know. I think he's a pretty good target, especially if you're kind of in win now mode. Yeah. No, I like that one a lot. That I'm going to go out and try to add some Amari Cooper, and we'll get back with the listeners on that for sure. I bet you could offer a second yeah. to a rebuild, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm so good. I'm going to hit with this second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, they gave me Amari Cooper, and I'm making that second later. Right. Yeah, the, the hit rate on seconds is so foolproof, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pat, I appreciate you a ton for coming on Super Flexible Podcast. This is the second show of the 2023 in season or off season. I don't know what we're in, but we're building for the future. Appreciate you a lot is at Fitz underscore FF on Twitter. Check out, is it just Dynasty Pros for your Fantasy Pros show? Yeah, Fantasy Pros Dynasty Podcast. Check that out. Always good stuff from Pat, man. Super good dude. Appreciate you. Plug anything you need to. I'm Swagzilla Zero G. This is super flexible. I'm giving it to Pat. Yeah, uh, Swags. Always great to catch up with you. You know, whether we're doing it with a beer in our hand or uh, here with microphones in front of us. Um, yeah. So, like you said, find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF and check out the Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast and Fitz on Fantasy and uh, you know all my stuff at FantasyPros.com. And we are out.